I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. Episode 142 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the show. You can catch me over on Twitter at FFEvolution if you so wish. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates or you can drop me an email, dynastydebates at gmail.com. There are many, many ways to get in touch, get involved. Let me know what you love, what you hate, what you want to hear more of on the show. Happy Thanksgiving week to those of you who celebrate, to those of you who recognize such events. Uh, this show will be going live on Thanksgiving Day. So what better guest to have than someone I am truly thankful for? The man, the myth, the legend, Dennis Bennett at culture underscore coach on Twitter, managing editor at Dynasty Nerd. So kind of my boss, co-host of the FF Roundtable pod on-air talent, better sports network, and all-around good dude. Dennis, thanks so much for taking time to come back on. How are you, buddy? That, you know, that was a long way of just calling me a turkey there. That's what I got to say. I am fantastic. Absolutely great to have you back. You've been on the show before. Like I said, you sort of are the uh, the commander-in-chief over there with the editing at Dynasty Nerds, so you've had the misfortune of having to edit many of my articles, so I appreciate you actually taking time to come on the podcast and not just, you know, block and delete my contact details. I like to call it revenge. Yeah, exactly. So I've ruined many of your nights. You get to come on and, uh, you know, just see what you're going to do on the podcast here. So we're excited to talk Thanksgiving week fantasy football. I mean, come on. Thanksgiving week's always fun, isn't it? Like you get actual like more than one game on a Thursday. You're off, I take it. I'm assuming you're off for like a long weekend over there. Uh, you get to sit around just watching football and eating some turkey. Is that not a good thing? That is a good thing. Uh, I am looking forward to it. Uh, we got the turkey on the thaw right now. We'll be popping in the oven. We're going to have a, a late afternoon dinner. Uh, Sister-in-law is coming into town. Father-in-law is coming in. Uh, my oldest son will be over. And so we're going to have us, uh, for what for, for us, we're going to have a house full. My wife and I have an understanding uh, on nights like last night. I watch stuff like Below Deck Mediterranean. Uh, tonight I'll watch, you know, Bachelor in Paradise. Uh, but when football's on, I'm going to watch football. Now, that being said, I edit while I'm doing that stuff. So I, I am fairly well immersed in uh, in fantasy football while I, I share that quality time with my wife watching those epic television shows. You know, the thing is, is I love my wife more than I hate those shows. That is true love right there, folks. I've got to say, Dennis, you are a, a cultured man, culture coach on Twitter. What I would ask, though, is like, I feel like this is a really important question because it's very divisive. I know where I stand on it, but are you pro or anti eggnog? I'm indifferent. Very interesting. Because I, we like, I don't go out of my way to get it. But I also am not one to, like, it has to be non-alcoholic. For me, it's more of a, I'm being cordial if, if I'm somewhere and someone's like, oh, you want some eggnog? As long as, it, as, long as it's not going to, you know, knock me off the wagon, I, I'm 
I'm okay. I'll drink it. It, it isn't like I'm like, like no, I'll, I'll drink it. I mean, see, I love eggnog. I think it's brilliant. We don't really get it over here, but like when I'm back in the States at this time of year, I definitely try and go out of my way to find eggnog, not the alcoholic kind. I just like the random like eggnog drink that is in the stores, right. like Walmart or something. Um, but yeah, no, I did want to say as well, before we move on, shout out to Dennis. One of my, you know, one of the things I love about Dennis is, you know, he struggled, I know with for years, like years ago with like alcohol and stuff. And you've been completely teetotaled for like how I many years struggle with it, man. I was really, really good at it. He's gotten yes. a lot of trouble. He was he was a professional. He was a professional alcohol imbiber. Um, but yeah, he's managed to completely go off of it. And you know what? Fair play. Like obviously over here, we enjoy a drink um, quite a lot. But if you're struggling and if it's something that is holding you back or ruining your life, you know, it's like anything. It can be like gambling. It can be like anything really, um, you know, drugs, alcohol. So it's pretty impressive. And I love that story. How many years has it been now, Dennis? I was 22 years this summer. That's amazing, man. Congrats. Long way from sleeping in my car in Ohio in the middle yeah. of the it's amazing. It's an amazing story. So anybody who is struggling out there, definitely Dennis is just somebody to hit up and ask questions to. And, you know, just somebody that you can look to and say, like, here's somebody who has done it, has managed to beat that and, you know, is living his life now, enjoying his life. What could have been, you know, a train wreck if he hadn't got that under control. He's now living the dream, editing my articles every week. <laughs> so we're going to, we're going to hit up here because we could talk all day about Thanksgiving and eggnog. I would love that, but we're going to talk about one of my favorite segments of the week. An honorable hatchet man does not lie. A hatchet man. Right up behind him with a hatchet. Smash, smash, smash. Anyone can carry a hatchet, even a liar. Now, Dennis, I know you mentioned that this has kind of been one of your roughest weeks in fantasy football this year. So I'm sure you've got a pretty good hatchet man of the week for us. Who is it? You know, I, I hate to to call somebody out for injuries. Actually, the, you know, I got one on the list, but I'm going to throw a second one in. My first one is Joe Mixon. You know, he got the concussion. He only scored 9.2 points. I've got a significant roster share of Joe Mixon across my leagues. He's been my running back one on a lot of my teams. Um, and, and it was already bad enough that while he was in there, Samaji Pirine was still getting passes and scoring touchdowns. And then Mixon went out with, with the uh, concussion, maybe out this week. I, I've got some questionable uh, running back situations here in week 12. And I, I can't say I'm uh, – Excited that I uh, that I al had already qualified for the Scott Fishbowl playoffs before Week 11 because it, it could have been touch and go there. So you know, losing Mixon, it's it's not an ideal time to to lose him to uh, a concussion. And with the enhancements to the concussion protocol, which I fully support, um, he's probably not going to play this week either. And so. In a couple spots, I have P. Ryan, but several others, I, I'm going to be scrambling for, for a running back. Uh, and the other guy was Mike Williams. Now, I should have known better. And I, and, and I put this caveat out there that when a team tells me that a player is good to go, who am I, you know, a thousand miles away, not in the locker room, not in the training room to say, well, I don't, I don't think so, you know. We saw Keenan come back a little bit early and then have to go back out. And in my gut, I felt, you know, maybe it's a little bit early for Mike Williams to come back because he had a high ankle sprain. He was only out a couple of weeks. 
But until he made the jump in the land, he had looked pretty good. You know, it was just he came down on that ankle kind of funny a little bit. And and he he should have they should have they should have saved me from starting him by not having him active yet last week, but they didn't. And so Mike Williams, there were there were a couple couple spots where I had slid him optimistically back into my rosters. Yeah, it it is tough. I mean, I got Mike Williams in the Scott Fishbowl myself, you know, and, and to add insult to injury, I sat George Pickens to play Mike Williams. So it was a pretty big swing in points, but thankfully like yourself, I'd already wrapped up a place in the playoffs. So it didn't hurt too bad. My hatchet man of the week is actually Brandon Ayuk and also sort of Kyle Shanahan. I was on a podcast on Monday um, with Adam Murphett, uh over here in the UK, five yard rush fantasy. And I'd actually, we somehow got onto the topic of the 49ers and I sort of went off on a rant about Kyle Shanahan and how I don't trust him. And I don't like him for fantasy because you just never know, you know, who's going to, what week it's going to be. Is it a CMC week? Is it a Brandon Ayuk week? Is it a George Kittle week? Is it a Debo week? You know, you just don't know. And in one of my leagues that, you know, I was playing a buddy of mine and, you know, I just had a couple of injuries that happened and it was going into the Monday night game. I played all my players and I was up by like 10.2 points and he only had Brandon Ayuk left to play. And because it was Monday night football over here in the UK, that starts like one in the morning and I was working the next day, didn't get a chance to watch the game. So I wake up first thing, go check the box score, find Brandon Ayuk. You start at the left-hand column. You look at, Ooh, only two receptions. Yes. Look at 20 yards. Yes. And then look all the way to the right two touchdowns no so i literally went in looked at the score and of course i lost by like six points because he only had two targets or whatever three or four targets two receptions only 20 yards well i would have been perfect but two touchdowns so thanks very much for that mr Ayuk, and thanks very much shanahan for absolutely burying me spilling the tea got some news and notes to run through as always Every single week, it feels like we can't possibly have more injuries, can we? Well, we can. We can and we do, but we also have more than just injuries. It is actually a good week in the sense that there are no bye weeks for the first time in several weeks, so that is nice. You have a full range of teams to choose from if your players aren't already injured. So Rondale Moore left with a groin injury. Kadarius Toney left with a hamstring injury. So those guys are both going to be questionable, if not out this week. Uh, Jameson Williams. Let me ask you a question. How in on Kadarius Tony were you last week? I was I was in. Yeah, I was in. I, like I mean, it set up perfectly. It was a Andy Reid wants to show off his new toy. You know, Juju yeah. and, and Hardman are out. The script seemed to be written pretty well. And I yep. could have picked I could have picked him to be my hatchet. Absolutely. We have Jameson Williams who has been elevated off of the IR. That is awesome. I can't wait to see this guy on the field. OBJ. Apparently going to sign with somebody in the next week or two. Uh, looks like the Cowboys are making a real push to try and get him on the squad. Justin Fields did injure his shoulder. He's considered day to day. It's kind of confusing to hear to find out exactly what's going on because he's saying for the season. Yeah, it's day to day, but also potentially a season ending. So don't really see how that uh, those two go together, but apparently that's where we're at. Kyle Pitts sadly reportedly has torn his MCL, but they haven't confirmed that yet. Either way, not looking good. It was already a rough season, anyways, but at least maybe that's put you out of your misery of trying to start him every week. Some weird running back shenanigans. The Broncos have waived Melvin Gordon. The Rams have waived Daryl Henderson. What are the odds that they both just swap teams and end up on each other's? 
Panthers rosters. Uh, Wandale Robinson sadly tore his ACL. He was looking awesome. Really, really good rookie year. So he's done for the season. Hopefully he's back stronger next year. CEH had an ankle injury, but I mean, you haven't probably been starting CEH the last couple of weeks anyways. But again, another knock to his dynasty value as if he needed any more of those. Mike Williams, we've already touched on. He left with an ankle, a re-aggravation of his ankle injury. Joe Mixon is in the concussion protocol. And last but not least, Sam Darnold is going to start for the Carolina Panthers this week. So I know that's a lot of news, a lot of different ups and downs there. Anything you wanted to point out or touch on just from a dynasty perspective? Anything that really um, jumps out to you, Dennis? You know, it's crazy that Sam Darnold seems like he's the DJ Moore savior. Um, but I, I feel like DJ Moore is going to have his, his best game of the uh, season this week with Darnold in a quarterback. I think Wilkes, when P.J. Walker is healthy, he's going to go back to Walker. Whether that's the right move or not, I don't know. But it, it's a it's a mess there in Carolina. CEH, you know, it seemed like he was making his way back. And then, like, last week, Andy Reid literally just came out and said, you know, we just don't feel like we can trust him or something to that effect. And it's like, wow. And now he's, you know, I, it wouldn't surprise me if they they – with him being out with the high, high ankle sprain that he's done for the year, that they're just like, you know, you know, we're not picking up your fourth year, fifth year option. It's probably relatively inexpensive to get out of him. And I don't think Isaiah Pacheco is a world beater. And Jarek McKinnon has an injury history of his own. And, and so I don't, to me, I don't think the Chiefs have a real answer at the running back position. Uh, the flip side of it is, is I don't think they care. They've got Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. And so I don't think they really care that much about the running back. Yeah, I think they're sort of, yeah, they're sort of like the bills of the last couple of years. Cause we were saying, I remember last year, everyone was talking about, you can't, you can't not run as much as the bills don't run and be successful. You have to find a way to establish the run and the bills are just like bet, you know, yeah. I'll hold my beer. Um, so yeah, I think you're probably right. I think they're just sort of like, you know what, we've had enough of this, like investing high draft capital and trying to, you know, really make a way to find these running backs. We'll just plug and play guys. We get in the six, seventh round or off waivers or something like that and we'll just let patrick mahomes be patrick mahomes we're gonna hit some start sits and then we got some trades to talk to so stick with us here it's gonna be a lot of fun employee of the week got a couple of segments here and as always gonna kick it off with bust mart now i will say always Always give you like a reminder of what last week's pick were. Last week's picks have been going really well. I've been feeling really good about it. And then Amari Cooper happened. So I had Amari Cooper as my bus smart. Now, in my defense, we recorded this, I believe, last Tuesday. So it was before that we knew that the Bills game was being moved. And I talked about Amari's home road splits, the fact that there was going to be snow. I didn't realize how much snow. I didn't know it was going to be moved to Detroit. Apparently, Amari Cooper is a neutral site god. He's finished wide receiver two on the week. So that absolutely sucked for me. I apologize if you sat him. I hope you didn't sit him because, again, like we talk about in dynasty bus smart specifically is more just saying look these are probably some of your studs some of the guys that you're building your roster around or you're planning on using every week we're just saying look based on the matchup based on the situation based on maybe the injury history something like that we're saying just pump the brakes a little bit maybe don't expect a huge boom week from them but saying that it is a weird and wonderful week dennis do you have anybody for us in the bus smart category you know Chris Olave is one that I'm a little bit worried about. He's had his a couple lower target shares the last couple of weeks. 
And I know Andy Dalton seems to have been playing over his head. I like Olave a lot, and he's, you know, obviously, judging by my jerseys behind me, I'm very pro-Ohio State. But I don't think I don't think that uh, New Orleans is going to be able to effectively handle the pass rush. And so I think it's going to make things a little more difficult for Olave down the field. You know, and they've got a good backfield with, with Hufanga and Ward. And so the 49ers are, are playing as good as anybody right now on defense. And part of the reason is they get so much pressure on the quarterback with Nick Bosa uh, and the rest of that defensive line. Fantasy Pro's expert consensus rankings has Olave as the wide receiver 14 this week. I, I'm kind of bearish on that. I was a wide receiver too, but it may be more like wide receiver 24, 23 in that range. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, that makes sense. I mean, it makes me sad because I do have Olave and Scott Fishbowl, so I would love for him to have a boom week this week. Uh, but yeah, no, I think we're on the same page here because I actually kind of looking at just, like you said, expert consensus rankings and kind of seeing who are people excited about playing this week. I'm actually going with Alvin Kamara. So same game, same matchup, and similar sort of reasons. He comes in as the RB14 on the uh, expert consensus ranking at the minute, so certainly somebody that people are expecting to plug into their lineups. But we've already touched on it. Dennis has already touched on it. They're playing San Francisco at San Francisco. San Francisco is playing lights out defense. Um, they're giving up the fewest rush yards in the NFL at only 81.1 yards per game. So they're third in rush DVOA. They're giving up the fewest fantasy points to the running back position. I think you get what I'm saying here. Absolutely. If you're stuck, I mean, we've talked about it guys like, you know, mixing or concussion protocol. We've lost guys like Brees Hall. We've lost all these players. You probably don't have a lot of better options than Alvin Kamara, and hopefully he gets a couple of targets and can have a big, you know, a decent game for himself. But I, I'm certainly not like plugging him in and just expecting this big, massive blow up, crazy performance against the 49ers who are playing as well as anybody on defense. On the studs are us side of it. So we've talked about some boom, some bust potential. What about some boom potential? Last week I said Isaiah Pacheco probably had a good game in store. He did in the sense that. He got a lot of the rush attempts. He actually had a really good game. He looked great on the ground, but he doesn't get any passing work. So he only finishes RB23. So that's fine. It was somebody we, you know, if you weren't sure about plugging him in and you plugged him in, you got RB2 numbers out of him, 10.7 points. That's okay. It's nothing to write home about, but it didn't tank your week or ruin your week for you. Do you have anybody that you're sort of feeling a bit sort of excited to plug into your lineup? Or you maybe you're not even excited, but you just expect a decent performance from this week, Dennis? So Pacheco, I, I don't expect it. He he's one. He gets like no passing work at all. Like they just don't. But that's just crazy how little passing work. It, it makes your offense so kind of one dimensional when they know you're just not gonna that you that they've taken this guy out of the offense for you. Somebody I'm excited to plug in. I'm I'm back on the Keenan Allen train now that he's healthy. It, you know he came out of that game looking good. You know his his game is such that. He doesn't need a lot of separation. Justin Herbert trusts him. With, with Josh Palmer there to kind of take some of the heat off because Palmer's been playing so well. You know, they don't really have a deep threat. DeAndre White or DeAndre Carter is the guy that's their de facto deep threat, but he's really their wide receiver for it when Mike Williams is healthy. And Williams, well, pretty fast. He's So they, they don't have a real big deep threat. And it ends up being that it just doesn't matter with Keenan Allen. He may he'll go ten for ninety eight in the touchdown, and that's that's 
that that's good numbers. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. That was actually my pick. So I'm just going to agree with Dennis here, Keenan Allen. I sat Keenan Allen everywhere I had him last week, just because it's been such a weird saga with his hamstrings that just never oh, healed. Um, not, so I was sort of bad. very nervous. I didn't you scroll know. down far enough. I wasn't looking at that. Section. No, that's absolutely <laughs> fine. At least it makes me feel more confident that, you know, a smart guy like yourself has picked him as well. Last week, he was on a quote unquote pitch count and still had a really solid game. I've not heard anything so far about any negative reaction actions after the game or in practice uh from what i can tell from what i'm hearing he seems to be wheels up and they're playing arizona which you know is not a horrible matchup it's not a great matchup but i mean they're 22nd in pass dvoa they're 23rd in yards allowed in passing so they're averaging 245.4 yards per game given up keenan allen for me when he's healthy he's in that tier of guys that i'm never worried necessarily quote unquote about the the matchup you know it's not somebody that i mean he's one of the best route runners he's got great hands and again herbert like i've said all year is for me an elite tier quarterback so those two combined if keenan allen is healthy especially getting more healthy at the moment he's coming in as wide receiver 33 in the fantasy pros expert consensus ranking that seems really crazy to me i can't imagine there being 30 something better options than a healthy keenan allen with justin herbert in my defense i want to say that i'm so used to you playing those little introductory things i didn't realize we had moved on to the next section and and i thought we were just <laughs> ripping and that's that's why i picked keenan allen over the the guys I list. My no, it's absolutely you. fine. It makes sense. And it's good to know that we're both on the same, same trail there. I would throw out as well. If you're desperate, Darius Slayton, um, I actually considered putting Love him in as guy. my pick in this week. I've really always been a big Darius Slayton fan. And it was really sad to see him just kind of zoned out, you know, the last couple of years under the last regime. And even at the start of this year, just looked like he was last man, you know, standing almost, but just through his own play, his own grit determination, and it seems like his own character and his own quality and skill. He, he has found his way back into the rotation, back into the starting lineup. And unfortunately we talked about Wandale Robinson going down. Um, Darius Slayton's been seeing lots of targets. Not a great matchup for wide receivers against Dallas. They do sort of shut people down quite a lot, but I think it's sort of a needs must. You know, they're going to have to pass the ball some. I expect him to get, you know, six, eight, ten targets. Um, and even if he only gets four or five of those, you know, for, he's always, there's always that chance for a longer play with him. So I think if you're struggling, he looks like the de facto wide receiver one for the Giants. Um, as far as the let's ride or let's hide, the new segment for the year, it's, I mean, <laughs> I feel bad because like I've named this after the the hilarious Russell Wilson and he's just been <laughs> awful. So I hope I did not curse him. Apologies if I did. Um, but let's ride or let's hide. We're going to talk about a matchup. So not just a player, but I'm just going to say this is a matchup in general. It looks really juicy and we're excited. We're going to break down our thought process on or we're going to say let's hide. We don't want anything to do with this. I'm going to let guests go first here. Probably Dennis is going to steal my picks because that's what he does. Um, but no, like what's your let's hide? Like who are you trying to stay away from this week, Dennis? Well, this one, I didn't steal your pick. Um, I picked the uh, the Bears and the Jets game, in part because with Justin Fields' injury status, it currently has a over-under of 39 and a half. And if Fields is out, it wouldn't – I feel like they built some of that nervousness into the number already. And if once he gets confirmed that he's out, I would expect that number to, to drop a little bit. Now, on the other hand, I think Trevor Simeon is their backup, and that may actually bode well for Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool um, if Simeon gets in there because he he just he doesn't doesn't have the same play style as Justin Fields. But you know, Fields, even if he does play after dislocating his left shoulder, 
you know, they can harness it up and, and he can be fine, but I feel like there'll be some resistance to running and, and he doesn't, you know, he's not a guy that historically has looked to run in college. Um, he wants to throw the ball. He can run. He's big. He's fast. 230 pounds, 4.440. He, he has that ability, but he really wants to pass the ball. The offense just isn't, you know, the offensive line struggles. And so he ends up uh, evading a lot of pressure. And because he is a runner, they're calling some, they're scheming him up to run. But if he's out with that shoulder, uh, I think that ends up being uh, a knock on their offense. The Jets have their own quarterback issues. You know, Zach Wilson is embroiled in a he's not accountable controversy for right or wrong. Um, people can defend him if they want. That's their choice. But the truth is he's, he has not played well. But the passing games for both teams are in disarray. Both quarterbacks are in disarray. I think this game is just going to be kind of a uh, uh, a low-scoring affair. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I tend to agree with you. Sadly, I love Justin Fields. It's been awesome seeing what he can do these last couple of weeks there. Um, but yeah, I mine is the kind of low-hanging fruit of the week. It's the Broncos and the Panthers. I mean, it's literally got a 34 and a half point over under, which is kind of laughable. It's really bad, guys. I mean, Baker Mayfield looked so bad that he's been benched for Sam Darnold, which if that's not an indictment on quarterback play, I don't know what is. I don't know how... Sam Donald ever to really having looked more than adequate at best. Uh, so yeah, Sam Donald coming in for this first play of the season against one of the best past defenses of the year. I don't like that. And Russell Wilson has just been a disaster. I think he's only got six or seven passing touchdowns on the year. Uh, so yeah, just to set it up for you, it's the 28th versus the 30th ranked offense in um, DVOA. So it's a battle of who can suck the most. I, I mean, it's it's not good. Like honestly, I I I would be willing to play Latavius Murray just because they don't really seem to have anybody else. Um, you know, and he may get the volume and and a few targets and stuff like that. And then, I mean, if you're struggling, you can play Cortland Sutton. He's still getting some targets. Like you said, DJ Moore may get the targets this week because Sam Darnold does seem to look at him. But again, we're talking about top two or three passing defense. So how much he's actually going to be able to do with those targets, I'm not feeling confident on. Um, but yeah, it's it's not going to... I'm I'm pretty confident. The Broncos are averaging 14.7 points per game. So, I mean, that there's literally fantasy wide receivers and running backs averaging more points per game than the entire Broncos offense. So... Certainly not exciting times for me. What about your let's ride? So, you know, let's imagine that, that Russell Wilson is actually awesome and knows how to cook and all that good stuff. If you were going to take his let's ride um, anthem, who would you run with this week? Uh, I'm rocking with the Cardinals and the uh, hosting the Chargers. Uh, I, like I know it. Justin Herbert has struggled a little bit this year, uh, in part due to being down Keenan Allen and Mike Williams for long stretches of time. But they still have Austin Eckler. Uh, Allen is back and he looks good. Josh Palmer has stepped up. Um, hopefully Gerald Everett's back in the mix again this week, providing that uh, that security there. Uh, I, I like the explosiveness that the Chargers have. And then on the other side of it, now I'm not a Kyler Murray fan, and I think that it was smart of them uh, to not play him. Stefania Bell talked all week about the effects of that high altitude on soft tissue injuries. Um, so I actually had some concern they might not uh, play Hopkins either, but Hopkins looked look fantastic. 
he's in that phase of his career where he's a possession receiver. He was never really considered to be fast, uh, but he was always somebody that could win downfield. Now he's older, uh, but he's still a dog, and and he is the offense there. And they're supposed to get Hollywood Brown back, and so if they get Brown back to take the lid off the the defense a little bit, um, James Connors healthy enough, uh, he's playing well. So they they've got a, a pretty balanced offense in Arizona as well. So it just comes down to is Kyler Murray ready ready to play again? So I'm I'm hoping he's back full stride uh, this week and at an over under a 47 and a half with a, just a four and a half point spread. They expect both teams to put up some points there. So there's lots of guys on both sides of the ball that you'll be able to uh, rack up some fantasy points. from. Absolutely. No, I love that. Especially like you said, even the sneaky, you know, James Conner hasn't been efficient, but the, you know, chargers rush defense has been pretty terrible. It's one of, one of the more juicy matchups. So he should even hopefully have a decent game as well. My let's let's ride matchup this week is actually the bills versus the lions. So it's kind of a crazy game. 54 point over under, which is awesome. Um, Buffalo's the third in def- is third in defensive DVA, so they do have a pretty strong defense. Detroit's 25th, so Buffalo should certainly be able to score on them. It is in Detroit, so it's a home game for Detroit. Um, but both these offenses are actually really good. I mean, Buffalo's sixth, Detroit is 10th in offensive DVOA. Jamal Williams leads the NFL in rushing touchdowns. So, you know, I think it should be a fun game. Like, I'm excited. You know, obviously, you're going to start Josh Allen. You can certainly start. You're going to start Stephon Diggs. You can certainly start Gabe Davis. Um, you know, in this game, I mean, honestly, depending on how it's going, James Cook's been looking pretty good these last couple of weeks. He's been getting a little bit more involved. He's been pretty efficient. If you're desperate and it's a deeper league, you could throw James Cook out there probably. On the Detroit side, if it's a super flex league, you could start Jared Goff. Jamal Williams, you're going to start. Swift, you just have to, I don't know. If you've got Swift, I, I can't see how you're really benching him. It's been disappointing, but apparently he's logging full practices and stuff like that. So he is still very talented when he is healthy. Probably going to throw him out there. Um, you know, there's just quite a few. I'm a, Brown. Swift you know, got a garbage time touchdown last week. Yeah. Exactly. With a 54 and a half point, you know, 54 point over under, I think you just go for the points and you think if there's going to be this massive game where they're expecting multiple touchdowns on both sides, you know, you're probably just better to take your chances and throw Swift out there. Amon Rossi Brown, obviously. So yeah, I'm excited about this matchup. It should be a lot of fun, but we're going to talk a couple trades because that's what we do here. Love talking trades. Let's make a deal. Sold your ways. Obviously, it is Thanksgiving week. So what Black Friday deals have we been managing to scrounge up here? I am going to let guests go first. What's the trade that you pulled off here? Who did you hoodwink into giving you away all their best players? So I'm actually, uh, I pulled some trades where I'm selling. Um, I am looking, so it's the time of the year now. My general trade strategy is if I'm if I'm competing, I'm looking at the bottom feeders. Who can I get? And if I'm a bottom feeder, I'm looking at the contenders and saying, who can I get rid of? And, and I've got a team that it's okay. Derek Carr, um, Dalvin Cook, and Leonard Fournette. It, it, it was a pretty good team, but it just has kind of gotten old. It's gotten stale, and it's not really contending. It's my highest buy-in league, and it the league 
is such that I'm going to end up, it's, it's hard to do a full rebuild, like in one season. So I'm sitting here and I'm like middle of the pack. I'm, I'm not in the playoffs, but I'm like seventh or eighth. And so this week it finally came around where now people are ready to start dealing close to the playoffs. This league has a trade deadline. So I was able to, I made two trades to clear some of the dead weight off of my team. And, and one of the things I like to do is I go IR shopping and I like, like who's on people's IR that they expected points from and they weren't able to get them because the player got injured, but we expect a guy to make a good comeback and still be a good player. So in trade number one, I gave up Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette. So I think it looks like Lenny's losing his job. Uh, sounds like in Tampa, they've said Rashad White's still going to start. He's probably still going to get 50% of the snaps. Uh, it's a pretty even timeshare. And R- Rashad White is much more efficient than Leonard, just based on having live legs. Uh, Dalvin, he's coming to the, you know, he's what, fifth year now. He's kind of coming to the end of the road as far as uh, being a dynasty stud. And, and I really wanted to get rid of him. So I said Dalvin and Leonard. And I got J.K. Dobbins injured. You know, the second, the the first year when they come back from an injury like he had, it's questionable anyways. He came back, he tried to play, was still experienced. I think the guy's really, really good. So I feel very comfortable with where he is going in the next season. I got Noah Fant, who I like as a talent. I got a late 24 first. Well, as of right now, it's late. Who knows what it's going to be in 24. And, And a late 23 third. So I added some draft capital over the next couple of years where, where like I've got a couple of leagues where I've acquired five and six first round picks for next year. I've not seen that happen in this league. So as it sits right now, I've got two 24s and two 25s and, and I feel really good about it. Uh, the second trade, which came to me out of the blue, I give Ryan Tannehill and I get a 25 first and a 25 second. And if you were to tell me, um, at any point during this season that I would be able to pull any first round pick for Ryan Tannehill, I'd have been, you're crazy, man. And, and so to get a first and a second, it's two years out. I get it. But the way this league rebuilds, the downside of this league is there's no taxi squad draft position is based on potential points. So it isn't like I cannot start a guy. If, if my bench is scoring more points, I, that's still going to count in the draft. I, I don't know that I have it in me to literally tear it down so far that I guarantee I'm going to get the 101 because it is my highest buy-in league. I feel like, you know, I, I, I can go, I can go a little, little ways down there, uh, get rid of some stuff and, and, and get some, dra- get some draft capital. But I, I don't think it what the buy-in is for this league. I can, like, strip it down. Like, I got one league that, like, last week, uh, I my starting quarterback was Tua Tungavailoa, and he was on a buy. So I had another league where my starting quarterback was Josh Dobbs. So, but those have, have reasonable buy-ins, and I'm okay to strip it down to nothing. I love it. Yeah, no, I think it's really interesting because that's one of the reasons. So my trade that I brought up is similar in that, I think with anything, it's so easy, especially in Dynasty, we try and give these like broad brush stroke advice. You know, this player's a sell, this player's a buy. And it's like, well, actually context matters so much and what you can get for players, et cetera. So yeah, absolutely. You know, trading Tannehill for a 25 first and second, 
It sounds great. It sucks. It's going to suck to wait that long. But like you said, with the context of your league and the fact that nobody in Dynasty, I mean, even right now, like if you can trade for 25 first, you can probably get them so cheap because people don't care about something two, three years out. But if you're genuinely in a league that you know is going to stay around and you know these people are committed, you've been in that league and you know, I mean, ultimately it is a dynasty. So, you know, you do have to think about what's going to two years, three years from now going to look like depending on your league type. So my trade is sort of similar. It's like, it's a 14 team league. So it's a slightly bigger team. It's a super flex. We start two tight ends. So, I mean, it's a, it's, there's some rough teams out there. You know, when you've got to start two tight ends, you, um, you have 14 teams. It's super flex. You have a couple of flex spots. I am a contender. So I sort of went all in last year and won no 23 first or second already. So I'm already in that position and I'm like looking at my team doing well, winning, but my only starting quarterbacks in this league was Russell Wilson, who we've already talked about. It's been terrible. And Ryan Tannehill, who you've just talked about. So I'm sort of sitting there and my only real stud running back is, you know, CMC. So I'm sitting there and, you know, there's a couple of guys who've taken over some orphans and they're just trying to do what you're talking about. Rebuild, look for the future and stuff like that. There's a guy near the bottom of the league and he's shopping um, Mixon. And I've been saying for weeks now, Mixon's a sell, get rid of Mixon. You don't need Mixon, you know, like, especially if you're middle of the pack or rebuilding. So I think he's doing the right thing. So I just wanted to bring this trade up because I ended up trading for Mixon. So it's like, no, I'm not a hypocrite. I'm just, I'm in a position where I'm already competing. I'm already, I'm definitely going to be in the playoffs. I'm one of the top two or three teams in the league. I won last year. I don't have a 23 first anyways. I'm already kind of all in anyways. And I'm in that position where it's like, well, I can't really rebuild. I'm too good and too like far down the road and not enough people have solid enough draft capital to really like pay up for any of my stud players anyways. Plus why would I, I was literally, I think like, you know, seven and two or something when I did this or eight and three or whatever. Um, so I ended up giving my 24 first and second and OBJ who we can talk about, but I'm not, I just don't think OBJ's. I think he's at that point in the career where I don't think he's really going to be a difference maker for me or like majorly swing the pendulum, you know. Um, and a twenty-three I, I third. Have one share of OBJ, and I can't wait to offload it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just I'm so I'm so tired of looking at him on my roster. So I gave away my twenty-four first and second, OBJ and a twenty-three third. I got back um, Stafford, Mixon, and Paris Campbell. So and this was right before. Uh, Reich, Reich got the heave ho and Matt Ryan's back. So um, I think maybe I wouldn't have been able to get Paris Campbell added in at that stage, but I was kind of able to, to wangle it because I was like, oh, you know, he's, he's been crap. Sam Ellinger's in. It's not going to, you know, it doesn't matter. Just throw him in there. But yeah, for me, so that, the reason I'm doing this is because, you know, Matthew Stafford hasn't been great, but in a 14 team super flex league, where I'm only starting Ryan Tannehill and Russell Wilson. He's certainly somebody that's nice to have an option of. I certainly will be able to look at three potential starting quarterbacks the rest of this year, probably next year. I'm in that win now mode. Mixon, again, you know, he's, he, I have CMC. So yes, Mixon just had a concussion, but he's been playing well. He gets the volume. They should be a good offense hype. Again, I'm trying to win this year. And Parrish Campbell is a sort of still young and up and coming. So that's the reason why I did this trade is because I'm trying to say that, look, anybody pretty much can be a buy or sell depending on your situation and depending on what it is you're trying to accomplish. For me in this league, I'm like, look, I'm already too far committed. I am a contender. I might as well just keep pushing that in and trying to win again because I won last year. 
I have a really good team. It's a two tight end league and I have George Kittle and Mark Andrews. You know what I mean? So I'm in a solid position when you look at the barren landscape that is tight end. Um, so yeah, that was the reason why I did that. I think it's similar to why you did what you did. It's like, look, you could spin those trades in a certain way that makes them sound like bad trades and like, oh, you don't know what you're doing. You're, you're, you're terrible at dynasty. It's like, well, no, you have to understand the context of your league. You have to understand the league mates you're playing with and you have to understand what your goals are. You know, so like my goal this year is to try and win. Like I want to win again. And if I have to give up, you know, a 24 first for players that will help me win this year, that's okay with me. Cause if I need to go in down the route of what Dennis has just talked about and strip it down and all that kind of stuff, I'll do that. Um, and it may be a slow, painful process, but I won last year. I'm in a solid position. I've only lost twice this year. You know, I think I've got a really solid chance at, you know, at least getting to the championship game. And then you never know when you get that far, anything can happen. We do have a question to hit here real quick before I let Dennis go. So I'm just going to drop in and check on the questions here first question everyone question 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 i have a lot of questions it's a ridiculous question how dare you this is so important i should run to answer it i forgot so apologies on my part just in case you ever are wondering you can always throw in a question on twitter you can email me we had an audio question last week i did forget to drop it on the twitter so i only got one question dropped in this week um is from wilson davidson so at wsd underscore 62 on twitter his general question was just a moore question so his he wants to know your general thoughts on dj and elijah moore's dynasty values obviously very disappointing seasons from both of those players this year guys that we do think are talented um but what are you thinking of them dennis i i sort of talk, touched on them in my recap episode this week actually and i said for me if you've got them they're both holds i'm not selling right now because you'd be selling at pennies on the dollar that's my take on it i'm not looking at them as major buys as in i'm not going out of my way i'm giving a first for either of them or anything like that because i think there is some concern and some doubt but what is your take on both the moors so dj moore is probably the the one that that has the most uncertainty for me he's the better talent and so while being uncertain he's uncertain from the standpoint of we don't know who the head coach is going to be we don't know who the quarterback is going to be it's going to be there's a regime change coming in carolina and they 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 said um dj moore is one of their building blocks as he should be. I, I like you. I think if I can go out and get him, you know, I would throw him into my IR shopping list. But DJ Moore, I'm okay. Go get him, especially if you're not competing this year. And if you can get DJ Moore at a discount, you know, a late 23 first, I think is is something that might get it done. And while that might feel like an overpay based on how he's playing, we've seen what he's done over the the three previous seasons, you know, 1,100 yards and four touchdowns, 75 catch rate um, catches. And, and so he's a good, good, good wide receiver. And whoever comes in there isn't going to go to run in the wishbone. They're going to bring in uh, and they're not going to where they're sitting right now. I'm not sure if they're going to have a target uh, or be able to target one of the top two quarterbacks. Um, maybe they are, I, I forget. Are they number, they might be number two. So as of right now, they are number two. So they would be okay. picking number two in the draft. So they have a chance to get Stroud or, or Bryce young that, you know, that would be good for DJ Moore. Elijah Moore, you know, he got moody, things aren't going his way and he got kind of cranky getting back on the field, you know. Corey Davis has been out. I, I think that Elijah Moore, you know, I don't think he's Jalen Rager 2.0. I, I think the talent is there. Um, I, I think that Moore is somebody that you could buy. If you could get him for a, a late second round pick, to me, that 
feels like it's going to be stealing because I feel that he's going to be able to produce. He, he's got the talent. We've seen it flash a couple of times, but we may be able to see with, with the questions around Zach Wilson, we may see people ready to kind of check out and, and kind of move on. And with our vaunted 2023 rookie class, the possibility exists. Heck, you might be able to get him for the projected 301 or 302 even. I like both players. I I, I do. I, I think DJ Moore is the better player right now. But yeah, I, I'd be in buy mode on either one of them, especially in a rebuild, because you want to build around talented wide receivers. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I agree. I think, and I think you'd be surprised at some of the deals you probably can get right now. Do you have one quick segment here we're going to hit because I do want to see your take on this. Word of the week. I know you've been on the show before. It has been a while. I believe it was last season. So I'm going to throw a, uh, not just a word. I'm going to throw a phrase here at you. Northern Irish phrase that we use a slang phrase and it's something i think you could use for thanksgiving um i want to see if you can guess what it means and try and use it in a sentence so the phrase is wind your neck in so what do you think wind your neck in means and how could you use it in a sentence wind your neck in boy you guys you guys talk funny um (laughs) wind your neck in Use it in a sentence. Look, hey, I'm just right over here. Wind your neck in and leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think it means? I think you could actually probably get away with using that, by the way, in, in the context of what it means. But what do you think it means? That was, that was an American translation. Wind your neck in. It feels like, you know, quit sticking your nose in my business is what it feels like. Yeah, it's basically saying shut up. It's like our way of saying shut up. It's like, listen, wind your neck in. Like, what are you talking about? You know, like, just shut up. Like, what are you on about? Um, Just wind your neck in. Like, you're talking crap. You're talking garbage, you know? So I think if everyone's getting really heated over the Thanksgiving dinner and people are just, like, talking too much, you could just say, look, guys, wind your neck in. And then they'll just wonder what you're talking about. Um, But Dennis, you've been an awesome guest as always. Thank you so much for taking time to hop on the show. You are always welcome back anytime. And guys, if you don't already, seriously, go follow Dennis at culture underscore coach. Like I said, he is the man, the myth, the legend, the managing editor over at Dynasty Nerds. He helped give me my shot. Lots of more talented people. He's given them their shots. Um, He's really helpful and kind and has a lot of information, just a lot of knowledge, a lot of uh, kind of history and experience in the dynasty space. Great guy, great follow, does some great work. Check out his podcast over at the FF Roundtable as well. Is there anything else you wanted to shout out or plug or anything before we go? Well, you can find me uh, every other Thursday night on Better Sports Network. Uh, go download the app. It's free. Uh, uh, dynasty Nerds has the 10 p.m. to midnight show hosted by Garrett Price, and I'm on in the 11 o'clock hour every other Thursday night. And it's got a cool feature. You download the app, one button, push it, call, talk to us live. That's awesome. That is a lot of fun. If I'm ever up at like five in the morning or four in the morning, I'll make sure and do that as well. But guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Hopefully you enjoyed the episode. Have a great Thanksgiving weekend. Make sure and get some more trades in. Make sure and get those W's. We'll catch up with you next week. I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver ran, it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stop.
collector's Arby's. You can be Linda, just let me be Frank. Those Arby's on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate.